Welcome to the Non-Breaking Space Show from Austin, Texas. I'm the internet's Christopher Schmidt. And on today's show, we're joined with Ari Stiles to talk with Nicole Hallberg and Martin Schneider about their shared experience of sexism in the workplace. Before we get started, some things I'd like you to know. Access U Summit is a virtual conference on digital accessibility techniques and policies taking place online on May 18th. Early bird tickets now on sale at accessusummit.com. Make plans for CSS DevConf 2017. Grab the early bird tickets and learn from Chris Coyer, Wes Boss, Mina Markham, Harry Roberts, Sarah Drasner, Estelle Weil, and many, many more in New Orleans. Tickets are on sale at csdevconf.com. The UX Design Newsletter is a weekly list of articles, tutorials, and inspiration handpicked by yours truly. Sign up at uxdesignnewsletter.com and have the best links of the week sent to your email. Set it and forget it with the non-breaking space show newsletter. Whenever a new show is ready, it'll be notified in your inbox by signing up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. And of course, the you can find show notes and links discussed in today's episode at nonbreakingspace.tv. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Teleject, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. As always, thanks for telling others about Nonbreaking Space. Now, on with the show. Uh, on the show, we have uh, uh, Nicole, Nicole Hallberg and Martin Schneider. Did I say that correct? Because I always mess up names. You That's did. Yep. Yep. Awesome. I'm, I, I don't really do great with names, but somehow I'll pull that one off. Okay. And then uh, with me is uh, my partner, Ari Stiles. Hello. Hey, I don't always join the podcast, <laughs> but when I do, it's often because it's uh, relevant uh, to the subject. Yes. And I think it is today. Yeah, I think that. So. Cool. Uh, so today's podcast uh, uh, is about uh, just, I guess I just put it out there like sexism in the workplace. I guess sure. Much I don't want to you know, mm-hmm. talk about that right away, but I just want to get some background. Like so, Nicole and, and Mark, can you give us some background as to uh, like how you got the web and and um, and uh, where you got, and how now I'm working as a freelance writer. I do mostly blogging. Um, I do, I just create content for businesses. Um, most of it's online. So yeah, a lot of blogging, case studies, white papers, ebooks, stuff like that. Um, I also do my own blogging, uh, on medium. I'm also Nikki Nax on there. Um, you know, or you can find me on Twitter saying dumb things. That's at Nikki Nax as well. Um, but, uh, before that I was working as more of a technical writer. Um, I had just moved to the city and I got a job writing resumes, um, for a kind of a career services company. And, uh, that's where I met Marty. That's where we became friends. And that's, that's where this, our, our story happens. Uh, so my name's Martin Schneider. I'm also a, uh, a writer. Uh, I am an editor uh, and writer for the film site Front Row Central. Uh, I've also been a freelance writer, blogger before. Uh, currently, I'm also a grad student at Temple University studying organizational development, which is a fancy way of saying making businesses suck less for people that have to work there. Uh, and so I've worked uh, marketing, corp- copywriting. I worked for Intel very briefly once. Um, so I've got a little bit of that, that tech background there. 
Uh, and I also record podcasts as well. I'm the host of a podcast, co-host of a podcast called Political Theater, which talks about the connections between uh, politics and pop culture. And occasionally the Front Row Central crew and I uh, record our own podcast. And actually, right before we got on, Nicole and I recorded the very first episode, or half of the first episode, I would say, of our new podcast, Not Each Other. <laughs> nice. Which yeah. is about uh, the ways that men and women uh, experience society and pop culture uh, differently. Excellent. Yeah, it's your first plug. Yeah. So you can catch us. Uh, I just checked, and like, not each other is not registered on any of the major like nice. social media pages. Nice. So you can eventually catch us at not each other on Twitter, uh, not each other at gmail.com, and Facebook.com slash not each other. Excellent. Probably by the time this is broadcast. Yeah, Probably by the time this is broadcast, hopefully. Pretty finish that sentence, I actually registered on Twitter for that. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. I'll let no, you know. Actually, I, try, I tried to register it myself, but they wouldn't let me verify my email account because I've used my phone number too many times to oh. verify too many emails, oh, no. which is not something I knew you could do. Wow. <laughs> I did not... Stock puppet accounts on the internet? Is that what you're admitting here? Or I, I guess. I, I guess. I, I have a plenty of, like, useless accounts. That, yeah, when I want to be really I don't, mean to somebody. I, I don't use them to post. What I usually use them for is, like, free trials of, like, streaming services and stuff. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to – I want to watch I want to watch wrestling once a year, so I'm going to use my fake email address to get a subscription to WWE Network for, like, 30 days. <laughs> One of my favorite things is getting a push notification that my contact, some contact of mine, is now on Twitter as blank, and it's like a sock puppet or a joke account. Yeah. <laughs> no idea which of my contacts did it. Right. <laughs> you know, so sometimes I'll go check, and like maybe from the tone, I can figure out which of my friends it is. But I'm like, well, I have a lot of practical jokey friends. Because of that, that like suggestion feature, what I've been getting like all week, basically is because they go through your contacts like facebook and linkedin and twitter have all been suggesting that i follow like some girl i went on two dates with in 2013 uh, oh. <laughs> they're just like hey remember her you should you should be friends with her <laughs> yeah oh oh yeah man and linkedin's always suggesting people that i hate yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. like no no i left that job so i'd never have to talk to that again <laughs> Thanks, Randy. That's me. Oh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to jump in too much on that because I'm currently looking for work, and so I'm actually relying on several services, including like LinkedIn and Indeed and Glassdoor and all different ones. And so, this is me trying to be diplomatic and say <laughs> the reason. Hey, segue. The reason that we're talking today, aside from your wonderful company, is um, uh, you recently became internet famous. For telling the truth about something that, that happened to you, which is one of my favorite reasons for becoming internet famous, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, being embarrassed on the internet or something like that. And so I'm not sure who wants to start, but um, uh, apparently uh, you discovered some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, discrepancies in treatment from your, aside from dis noticing discrepancies in treatment, maybe at work, you notice some discrepancies uh, from the way clients were treating the two of you as equals in your 
uh, previous workplace. So I don't know who wants to start, but maybe we can get into the story a little bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll go because the, st- the story kind of starts with me. Um, so yeah, Nicole and I were working together uh, at our previous job. This happened in 2013 or 14. We can't remember somewhere around there. Uh, and we were working with clients mostly by email. Uh, and like Nicole said earlier, we were kind of a full service career services firm, but a lot of what we did was resume writing. We were answering questions on like job hunting, uh, doing some LinkedIn profile work, uh, occasionally doing uh, interview coaching and things like that. But for the most part, we were spending our days going back and forth with people uh, via email and helping them develop strong resumes and CVs and cover letters. And uh, we'd been working together. Nicole had been working for a little bit over a year by this point, fully mm-hmm. trained, fully uh, member of the team. And I had about a year of experience on her, uh, which meant that I was the one who did like her evaluations uh, and yeah, things like a, that. Like a three person company. It was a small company. Yeah. I think, I think we had five max at any given time. Yeah. Uh, so I was the quote unquote manager of this of, at this point, uh, which meant nothing. Yeah. Um, we, but, we thought it was hilarious because we had the same job. We had the same, we like drew from the same pool of clients. We had the same responsibilities. Like everything was the same. Right. Just, you'd been there a little bit longer. So, and, and we're clarifying this because we know the responses we get when we tell this story. So was, we're getting ahead of them. Yeah. We, uh, my favorite well, one. Well, let, let, let me, let me get to the story first. And we'll okay. Get back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We are. All right. So, in case anyone's not familiar with the story, one day I'm having trouble with a client and I've worked with difficult clients before, but this one's particularly bugging me. Uh, he's gotten under my skin. He's just kind of being rude and dismissive of all my questions. Uh, just kind of like pushing back harder than people normally do uh, saying things like, well, I guess this is impressive if you don't know the industry and it was an industry I knew very well. Yeah. Um, and I'd been working with this person for about a week and a half and I was getting really tired of it. And just by chance, I noticed we had a shared inbox that we were working with clients through. And there was a pull-down menu from which you would select your individual email account, your individual signature. And for some reason, I just by mistake, I'd been signing off as Nicole okay. this entire time. So just without for – the, for the sake of keeping the customer happy, I just said, hi, my name is Martin. I'm going to take over for Nicole. Uh, I'm going to be working with you to finish this out. I did not change my approach. I did not change my questions. I didn't change anything. I just became Martin suddenly. And there was an immediate change in the way he dealt with me. Uh, He was answering questions faster. Uh, He was thanking me for things, saying, hey, that's a good idea. Let's work with this. And I was just stunned by this. So I went to Nicole, who we talked about, like, just general discrimination in the world but yeah. not not specifically at our job before yeah. and i went to nicole and i said does this happen often and she <laughs> yep <laughs> she kind of just said yeah a lot and it was actually her idea to do what we call the great name swap now uh so for a period of time two maybe even three weeks we actually don't remember how long it was either we disagree on this um we dealt with all of our clients, incoming and new, uh, with different names. So I was Nicole, and she was Martin. Yeah. And Nicole, you want to say how that went for you? 
<laughs> that was like getting a vacation <laughs> at work. <laughs> that was amazing. All of a sudden, everyone just like thought I was a lot smarter, just instantly. Just like woke up that day and was better at my job. It was so great. <laughs> everyone, like I didn't have to prove anything to anybody. I didn't have to argue with clients. I didn't have I didn't have to deal with the mansplaining and the little digs and the really subtle, like sexist little comments. No one was calling me sweetie anymore. That was great. Yeah, I can they see They were face. they were calling me sweetie though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got the sweeties. Yeah. Uh, and I just, just, just I, so just, like, I just gotta put it out there. You guys don't live in the South where sweetie is a my pass. No, no, no. We don't. We don't live in the like. Oh, bless your heart, territory. Philadelphia. However, it is possible. It is possible that some of the clients we were dealing with were from the south. Because we had clients from all over. Yeah, I'm not gonna you know make excuses for them. I just want to see you know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sweet sweetie is common in different places. Okay. Yeah. I, on the other hand, yeah, I realized that like it was taking me longer. Uh, to get through a client oh, wow. because I was having to prove myself. Uh, I had to spend a lot of time just uh, explaining that I knew what I was doing and I had to be a lot more precise in my language. Uh, and I was still getting just like little, not not outright mean, but just small condescending things like like just explaining terminology that I had just used in a sentence. Like explaining stuff that I very clearly knew what I was talking about. And so I realized this because this had been something that had been discussed uh, around the office. The reason why it took Nicole longer to get through a client than it did me was because in the time that it took me normally to get like halfway through with a client as Nicole, I was just then getting clients to believe that I knew what I was talking about. I, I had to work a little bit harder to prove myself. Uh, so suddenly I realized that it wasn't because I was any better at my job than Nicole was. I just had an invisible advantage that I'd never seen before. Is there, can you like give an example of like something that you thought like, like, well, like what words or like, or what concepts that you, you had to like reprove or, or like, was there an example? Like just say like, I can't believe I have to like, I've got an example. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nicole's got a good example of this. One time I was talking to uh, this guy, and um, this actually was one of our very, very rare phone conversations. So this person did know that I was a girl. Um, I want to say 75%, if not more, of the resumes we were doing at the time were for people in STEM fields. A lot of coders, a lot of, you know, IT folks, a lot of tech. And plus, I just know a lot of coders. I just, I know a lot about, you know, the whole thing. Um, and you definitely know more about that industry than I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this one guy, I was saying, okay, did you use any kind of version control software at this job or, you know, version control systems? I said, uh, like GitHub, anything like that? And he goes, okay, version control software is if, it's like if you have a bunch of authors on a document. I said, no, yep, right, yep, version control. Yes, I know. Um, so like GitHub. Or like any of that, did you, did you use one? So version control, it's kind of like if you imagine, no, no, yep, I got it, I got it. Like, so did, did, you, did you use one? Did you, did you use GitHub at any point? Version control is kind of like, 
I mean, I, I'm, and then I just let him roll. I was like, this guy really needs to do like, like in this guy's universe, there just was no way I could know what that was. Even though I was using it in a sentence, even though I asked him about it, even though I gave an example, there was just no way I could possibly know what I was talking about. And I, I was experiencing as Nicole kind of the same thing. Like I would ask about like scrum methodologies or agile. I would basically say, well, what what kind of development methodologies would you use here? Uh, and then I would basically almost get linked to a Wikipedia page of what those were. Uh, so then, yeah. you know, I, I, I could never use enough terminology to make people happy enough to know that I was. Whereas I asked the same question before as a man. And even though it was clear I didn't know everything, I knew enough that they'd just be like, oh, yeah, we used X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to remember, we were doing just dozens and dozens of these things. Like, there wasn't a term we hadn't seen before on somebody else's resume. You know what I mean? And if there wasn't, we, we, we could Google. Right, like Google was a thing, you know, that we relied on. So, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of that. Like a lot, a lot of that and a lot of just, like, just real small, and that's what's been so difficult about this is you can't prove tonal shifts, right? Right. But there, right. there's just like little slights in there, like the sweeties, mm -hmm. uh, or uh, asking a question and having them come back and say, I don't see how that's relevant. Right. When you paid us to determine what is relevant, what isn't. Right. So it sounds like you both uh, uh, had very uh, unique. Uh, and unusual experiences. Could you maybe get it down to, you know, one big insight or incident that was like, you know, maybe the bumper sticker version of what you learned doing this? Um, bumper, bumper sticker version of what I learned is that um, it's that you that you have an invisible advantage. Uh, it doesn't mean that I don't work hard, but it means that because of my advantage, other people get to work harder or have to work harder to achieve the same results as I do. Yeah. And so it also seems like neither of you were surprised by what happened. I wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> I was. Um, but, and, and the, re the reason it sounds like neither of us were surprised is because this happened years ago and we've had time to process it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just recently, I just recently told the story about a month ago and that's how the internet exploded when I decided to tell that yeah. story. Uh, the other reason we don't sound surprised is because we've, you know, like I said, we've encountered the resist, we've encountered these questions before. Right. Um, right. That's kind of been the uh, response online to um, a lot of men have been like, wow, that's horrible. I can't believe that's going on. A lot of women have been like, in other news, water's wet. <laughs> yeah, nope. I've I've definitely gotten criticism from women, uh, which I think is completely valid. Uh, where women have just said, "Yeah, why does it take a man to tell us this?" or "Why did he need to have an experiment? Why couldn't he just believe when it was told?" And I do think that's a valid criticism. I understand that entirely. Uh, I think here's another bumper sticker. There's <laughs> there's definitely a difference between empathy and sympathy, like. I never didn't believe that sexism was prevalent in the workplace, especially not in digital fields. I never didn't believe that. But until you see it happening to you, like until it affects you directly, there's no way to understand how common and how drastic and insidious it is. Like that's, 
that's the definition of privilege, right? Is underestimating a problem until it affects you. You, you don't know how few ramps are in the city until you're in a wheelchair. Or pushing a baby stroller, right? Or pushing oh, a baby stroller. Yeah. Every time I use this example, a woman responds with uh, pushing a baby stroller. <laughs> it's true, man. Because it's not something I've had to deal with. Yeah. Yep. Yep. On point. Well, yeah. So you had your revelations and then your revel your level of surprise or not surprise. But then uh, you took your results anecdotally or was this kind of data driven or was it just like you went and talk to your supervisor with just the stories. Basically just the stories. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have hard data. We didn't think to have hard data yeah. on this to be honest because yeah. we're not scientists. And we I had a timer running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was I mean we did, we did have that. We did have like we did have like our timesheets, I guess. Yeah. That showed how long oh, it took. Oh yeah, it did actually show exactly how long each draft took each of us. So like we could have gone on with that. The thing was, and that's kind of been a sort of criticism. Some news outlets have been like, okay, well, show us the emails. And I'm like, even I, I wouldn't do that even if I had them. <laughs> like, this is, I, I'm not going to give you some other poor bastard's resume <laughs> like that they paid us to do. That's kind of a massive breach of privacy and ethics and every other thing. And, and we, we, didn't, we didn't save did, these because yeah. we weren't really doing a scientific study. It right, was never meant right. to be. A lot of people online have been like, well, that's not a real study. You didn't have a control group. And I'm like, no sh like, we're not asking for grant funding here. This is we, an anecdote. Like, yeah, that's we, were, we, we were two co-workers who were bored while their boss was out of town. That's, yeah. Yeah. But there have been these studies. Submitting these studies do exist, and the people who are criticizing us on that are just as happy to ignore the actual peer-reviewed studies right, anyway. Right. So they, if you want those studies, you can find them. Right. And we knew about them. We were writing resumes. We knew for a fact that – a resume with the name John at the top would get a hell of a lot more attention and success than one with Jose or Juanita or I mean like any anything that red is not white. And that's the other thing we've talked anything about. That red is female. We knew it. Yeah, that's the other thing we've we've had people talk to us about is that your name is Nicole. Yep. If your name was Tanisha or Juanita, yeah. it would have been a totally different store entirely. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah, spend a few minutes reading uh, Malcolm Gladwell, and you know, I think that a lot of people realize that um, these uh, just from reading that that these biases are there. But there's this impulse, and actually, you brought this up in your uh, Medium article about this, uh, Nicole. And it's like the thing that's making me think a lot is that what really, what is the real drawback to admitting that there's sexism? Yes. Yep. I have a theory. <laughs> Um, the drawback to that is that you have to, as a man, you think that admitting this exists means that your work is less valuable. Like suddenly it, it triples you and probably emasculates you a little bit to admit that maybe you haven't had to work as hard as someone else has. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to deny that somebody else has it rough than to admit that maybe you had it easier. And I think that like when you bring it up to men, when you bring up any kind of uh, social <laughs> injustice, any ism to, to particularly white men, you know, part of their first response is to pretend that it doesn't happen or to uh, dismiss it uh, or try to disprove it because, because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to admit that there's a system that you benefit from, even if you don't act. And 
what I've been saying is these men who almost entirely men who responded these ways and sent these emails, they're not necessarily bad people. They didn't even realize that they were doing this. It's not something you consciously make the decision to do. Um, But it's, it makes you a bad person when that's brought to your attention and you make absolutely no effort to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because change or is hard and if, uncomfortable. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to change your behaviors. Yeah. Or what I see all the time is like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, feminism is great. Right up until the second it, um, inconveniences, inconveniences me. me the tiniest bit. Like if I have to change anything I'm doing or that I believe or anything at all, then I'm suddenly not here for this party. I've seen that. Oh my God. I mean, you've, you've seen, you've seen me called out in groups. You see, remember, remember the not a dude guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, Oh my God. I was called out last night. Some dude was mansplaining to me about why a sexist thing wasn't a sexist thing. We were, um, <laughs> yeah, literally I was at a networking meeting last night. I was the only woman in the room. That's right. often. <laughs> um, but it was like for medical tech and, uh, so these were people like designing technology to be used in medical applications. So we were talking about the science march and uh, someone mentioned that one of the speakers said something kind of dumb and sexist. He got up there and said, Hey, um, let's hear it for all the scientists out here and for their wives for coming out and supporting them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, man. yeah. So I did the thing. I was all like, Oh, and the guy goes, and, and, you know, two of the guys were like, oh, that's stupid. And the older, the third male I was talking to said, oh, well, you got to cut him a break. And I said, no, you don't. I said, no, I don't have to cut him a break. I absolutely don't. I said, that was a stupid sexist thing to say. It was a slap in the face to every female scientist there. And every, like, would-be female scientist, you know? Like, there was a lot of kid, little kids in that crowd, you know? Like, the things you say matter. They make impressions. Um, and he just, he just would not hear it. He goes, Oh, it was a momentary lapse. And I was like, you know what? I've heard a lot. I've been on the receiving end of so very many momentary lapses that they all kind of start to like, maybe just one little punch in the face doesn't bother you. (laughs) Friggin coming. Yeah. It's crazy when people don't understand, like, you know, why does this bother you so much? And you, you know, it's like, I don't have time to explain to you that part of your action is cumulative. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I think a lot of people don't get that either. But when it's every day, yeah. when it's, you know, a fair number of your encounters, mm-hmm. you know, at work or otherwise, you know, and I mean, you know, there's what's the other it's not reverse sexism. It's like, you know, when people treat you in a precious way because you're a woman too. like, let me get that for you. <laughs> like putting on a podium or right. Yeah. Sexism. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, those things, too. It's like. After a while, it's like I can't even feel comfortable and just, you know, relax and be like, oh, somebody's going to do something for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, later on that night, they did give a talk. You know, I was the only copywriter in the room. I was like hoping to, you know, cruise through some copywriting work. And someone ended up getting getting me now. Yeah, no. (laughs) And they ended up doing a slideshow. There's this new technology about like wound care tracking data for like diabetic wounds that just like take a long, long time to heal. So he was like, oh, just FYI, there's going to be some photos of necrotic wounds coming up. And I was like, I am the most squeamish person alive. I do not want to be here for this. But if I get up, they will think I'm a cupcake. I can't leave. I'm the only girl here. I can't be the only person that gets up and walks away. So I sat there and I watched those 
necrotic diabetic <laughs> like deli meat. It was horrible. I like wanted to pass out, but I wasn't gonna show weakness. Damn it. Um, well, I want to um, just bring it up for those who are listening that might not be familiar with your story to just kind of like mention what happened in the end about you talking to your supervisor. Can you talk about what that was like and what, what, if any results there were? (laughs) So um, it was a nice day like today. (laughs) Remember we were at the toss, the anyway, we were at a ceremony thing and we said, Hey, uh, so we've been doing, so while you were gone, we did this cool experiment. You know how like Nicole takes so much longer with her graphs and like, we're always pissed about that. Well, guess what? (laughs) <laughs> and and the, the the problem was that like so he, was, he, was so not, he was not happy about like the time discrepancy. Everything else was fine, but that meant that he would get on me for that because I was the quote unquote supervisor, yeah. which meant that I had to get on Nicole for that. So everyone was miserable about it. Yeah, I didn't okay. see it as an issue. Yeah, because the work was getting done. Yeah. So you know when we went to him and said, "Hey, we switched email signatures, and they treated us a lot differently." Um, and he, he immediately, I remember exactly what he said. I'll never forget it. He goes, Oh my God, there's a million reasons they could have been treating you differently. I'm yeah. like, really? A million, a million that they would treat a Nicole differently than a Marty. Please elaborate. I would love to know what they are because the yeah. only thing that changed was the gender of our first name. Well, it's also like the vice versa. Like, is like, how could Martin be the yeah. key, you know, like, like, how, like the, the odds of like Martin, just being the one in a million chance that he would make things go faster as well. Like in that logic, right? Just, mm-hmm. I just like, it so, it so happens that we're working this small, like five person company is what you said, like, or like at max, like mm-hmm. they're like, they're, the odds of that happening are like astronomical. Like you guys just, you guys could win the lottery like 10 times over. Except right? now, now that you mention it, I'm now mad at our past selves for not bringing forth the, uh, the timesheet data. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're not sorry. Like, like you wanted to bring it up. I'm like, oh man, we probably could have mentioned we got probably could have brought this up in a much better manner. Yeah. But and- But it's again it's so intense. How do you how do you prove a tunnel shift? How do you prove that someone's treating you a little icier? How do you yeah, it's a small company, and to, in my mind, I would think that you know, as a small company, there's like you know a certain level of uh, you know really knowing each other. Then rather you know, instead of a big company where you have a bunch of people that you kind of know, you right. know, right. the acquaintance stage with all these people, and for the for you to tell the truth to this person's face right. and have them deny you, I think is a little uh, disconcerting. You know, oh, yeah. like I mean, he's kind of crushing at the time. Exactly. You right. know, why would I exaggerate or lie about this? You know, what? Why? You know, why lie? lie? Yeah. Why would I lie? That's. I think that's what like hurt me the most. It's when I really understood that like this guy's not on my team. He's not out for my best interests. Um, he does not care <laughs> whether this is a fair place to work or not. Um, so I have a question: Like, what if he came to you and say, you know, "Like, you just came back from I don't know what was it, two weeks? I'm not sure how long it was. Like, yeah. Something like that. Either way, for a while. Yeah. So it was experiment for two weeks. You guys like said, like, yeah, yeah, we just been uh, masquerading as each other while we're while we're gone, and then and then like I was like, well, get, you guys any, like, you know, would it be something that I would probably say like, like, well, how would you say this? Like, but. Uh, Okay, let's switch back for two weeks and then switch back again for two weeks and just see what happens. See if this uh, happens again. So you're asking if this is if the boss had said that. Yeah, if he said that, like, would that be like 
like a good idea? Because that, that way you could just say. No, I mean, then, then, then he would have been making it into a controlled experiment, you know, yeah. which like if he had said that, it would have shown that he was at least open to the possibility. Yeah. So maybe I would have accepted that. Yeah. If the response had been, okay, let me see what you're talking about because yeah. I don't understand it or I don't think that's possible or I've never seen it. That's okay, very yeah. different yeah. from immediately shut down yeah. because, because here's the thing. And I wrote it. You said you read that article that I wrote. Um, mm-hmm. So you know about the incident where he described Marty. Um, when I first got to the company, Marty was flying in. Uh, I hadn't met him yet. Mm-hmm. And I said, so well, you know, what's Marty like? What's he all about? And he said, oh, well, you know, he's a good writer. Um, he can be, he's very emotional. He's kind of a girl that way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I stared, like, day two. Like, I've worked for this guy, like, for two days. And I'm staring at him, literally slack-jawed, staring at him. Like, you, you got you to gotta know how stupid he was that you just said that. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he realizes it. And he goes, oh, uh, I, uh, or, uh, uh, I, shouldn't, uh, I, I shouldn't have said that. I'm like, yeah, no, you really shouldn't have. And I knew from that moment on that nothing I did would be taken seriously by this guy. He was already expecting me to be more emotional. He was expecting me to be irrational. That's just, that was my baseline, just because I was a girl before he knew anything about me. So when he immediately shut it down, I knew that it was like, well, he thinks I'm exaggerating. He thinks I'm being a victim. He thinks I'm being over emotional because I can't handle that a client was mean to me. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> and the, the thing is, the thing I really want to point out is you, you can argue that maybe this is just like a bad work situation. Sure. But after I told the story, after we both told the story a month ago, yeah. the responses that we got back from women almost across the board. Avalanche. In every single industry. Yep. Ranging from scientists, tech workers. Call center, uh, auto mechanics. Call center, yeah, all doctors. the way down to like, yeah, to like labor stuff, like butchers. Yep. Yeah. Literally, literally every, we've seen all of it. Across the board, women had similar stories. Uh, I would say 95% of the women who responded, uh, particularly American women, had the same story. Mm-hmm. And you know, what we've pointed out is that it definitely does seem to be the worst in the STEM industries. Tech mm-hmm. is a very, very hostile environment for women, it seems. Um, not it seems. It, it has been shown numerous times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it. Even even if we were wrong, even if there was something wrong with what we did, it does not discount the huge outpouring of responses from other people yeah. in other positions. We can't all be lying. We can't all be little snowflakes that can't handle. We we can't all be exaggerating or like victimizing ourselves or making it up. It sh- it just it boggles the mind. You have to have some really really deep seated misogyny to think. That like every woman <laughs> is making shit up and whining over nothing. Yeah, especially when we're not really asking for anything except for people to be polite right. or right. to yeah. These yeah. random people on Twitter. I'm like, I didn't accuse you of sexism. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not asking you for more money right this minute or anything. I'm just asking you to stop it. I mean, you if know, you want to send me money, yeah. 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 So much of the conversation oh. around this. I think, and and I think a lot of the reluctance that um, people have to admitting that it's happening is that they don't know what to do. They don't, like if they can't think right then of the quick fix for their behavior, 
then you know then that's the instant uh defensive my wall is going up and it must not be real mm-hmm. you know uh way that they're going to rationalize it or whatever and you know i'm not here offering any solutions <laughs> i do think that that's like the reason behind a lot of people's reactions is i don't know how to fix this and you know i feel uncomfortable being told because i'm an adult and i don't like being told what to do or well that that's a thing especially, especially by lady folks especially by lady folks especially by men and men who generally aren't used to having to answer for their behavior, yes. um, we need to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like, yep. That's the truth. It's hard to hear some of these things. You said you read Nicole's Medium article. In that article, she talks about calling me out for interrupting her, yes. which yeah, <laughs> she, she mentions that. And it was not fun for me to hear it. I did not like hearing that. <laughs> I don't know that when I did that or do that, because I still do that to you sometimes. Nowhere near as bad. You've really, like, you really internalized it when I told you, and you really took it to heart and, like, made changes, because that's possible. (laughs) But when I did that, I don't know that there was a sexist bent to it, but I also don't know that there wasn't. But it doesn't matter. Like, as a person, I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. But it did not feel good to have my friend tell me that I did something that upset her. It's uncomfortable. But that's the kind of discomfort that we just have to get used to. Because me being uncomfortable for like a day or so and not feeling good about it is nothing compared to every single day the murder by a million paper cuts that is the experience of other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, or just straight up actual murder. Basically. Or straight up actual murder sometimes, because that does happen. Disproportionately oh, yeah. two women by their but also just the um um I don't know if there's some way, you know, some button we could press for people to understand that it's really an opportunity for growth. Hmm. Um and uh so few people see it that way. You know, it's you know, it's the old adage of like, you know, not stopping to ask for directions. It's like, you know, you could waste an entire day being lost, or you could listen to the fact that someone is actually trying to help you (laughs) and other people. And if you make that leap that you could actually have a much better, I don't mean you personally, sorry, I'm pointing at you. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Are are, are you a not ask for directions guy? (laughs) (laughs) Are you a drive around circles guy? I've been to Austin, so I know it's very easy to drive around circles forever. Right, because (laughs) they'll name one street four different names. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and it's the anecdotal ever. I mean, I'm thinking, uh, you know, obviously whenever I read something like this, it's very provocative for me in my position, but I can say, okay, um, anybody like me who's been on the internet for more than 15 years, maybe 20 years, something like that. If you're female, you, pro- if uh, you probably have a URL or social media handle that is gender neutral. Mm-hmm. that you've used in the past yep. and um uh you know guys usually don't have that unless it's like when they were a kid and they wanted to be pokemon or pikachu or somebody <laughs> mine you know, is my last name yeah i straight up just give my real name out to the internet all the time right right but i mean you know, when i first started on the internet i mean uh you know just reading a few boards and everything i was like I'm just going to be this gender neutral mm-hmm. contributor. I, I, yeah. 
that's that's <laughs> a legitimate thing that people do all the time. Right, right. My mentors when I first started um, like blogging, and she's like the smartest, funniest lady I know. Her name is uh, Cecily Kellogg. You can go look up her writing because she's brilliant. She puts it all out there. Like she, you know, pulls no punches. She's got when I I am not exaggerating when I tell you that she has entire websites devoted to saying horrible things about her. I mean, the like the following of hatred that she has is in un just unreal. Okay, um, she's uh, she was she's blogged about her being a mom before, and <laughs> that gets you a whole ton of shit. She's blogged mm-hmm. about you know feminism and topics like that. She's opinionated and she pulls no punches and just, I mean, so getting into blogging and like the advice that women are giving each other is like, here's how to deal with it when they try to dox you and like post pictures of your house. So for people to send death threats to, you know, when you say something that they don't like about a video game, Um, that's, that's the landscape online for women. You got to understand that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think one thing (laughs) that guys can do is maybe, I think they're just so, afraid of like those tiny little paper cuts on themselves you know what i mean like the guy last night oh i cut him a break cut him a break no i like don't cut him a break he's so worried about the injustice of me this random person being mad at this guy well i mean i I think that all deep-rooted misogyny especially like the red pill variety comes from self-hatred you have to have a deep self-loathing that you don't know what to do with Mm -hmm. so it's much easier to transfer it onto a woman on the internet Mm -hmm. that you you know be rather than like having to deal with uh when when the people like to go with hate because when the hate is gone they'll because they know when hate is gone all they'll be left with is pain that was james baldwin Oh, no, I, I was gonna say, yeah. is, that, is that lyrics or something? No, <laughs> I, I really hope that was James Baldwin, and I didn't just totally misquote him. But well, also apparently, supposedly, all anger is really born of sadness too. Yeah, you know? and so that makes it easy sometimes to deal with jerks for me. Anyway, well, I, think <laughs> I think that's what it is. I started to mention the dude guy, right? Um, I was at a panel. Um, it was a, it was like a techie crowd and they're all pretty progressive. And it was a feminism panel at this conference and it was right after the election and everybody was just talking about Trump. And I was like, okay, this is going a little off the rails. Like this is a feminism panel, you know, the, the panel itself was called like, what do we do now? Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I noticed that it was almost completely men speaking. There was like actually more men than I, Maybe, maybe in, in, in fairness, the moderator herself didn't really seem to know what to do. Yeah, she the moderator kinda, wasn't. She kind of opened it up and was only directing it towards uh, towards men. Uh, you know, and being the loudmouth, opinionated little feminist that I am, uh, I stood up and said, "Hey, uh, thinking about Marty and thinking about how like <laughs> well this conversation had gone with him, I said, hey, I'm in the room, by the way. Yes, I'm, I'm in the back, in the back of the room. He witnessed this entire thing. I said, hey, dudes.'" I just want to throw this out there that like, I don't know if you've noticed, but like not a lot of ladies have gotten to speak. And you know, and it's just a fact that like sometimes dudes tend to interrupt and sometimes they don't realize it's happening, you know, and like men get more speaking time in mixed groups. Like that's a thing. So, (laughs) Hey, if you're a dude, if you just see that happening, just like use your privilege, you know, just like direct the attention maybe to a lady folk. And but and by the way, you you didn't say it then, but when she says that's a fact, like it is a proven fact yeah, that men is. think, men, what is it? Men think that 
conversations are equal if women have when women actually have like 10 or 15 percent if um speaking time if women have yeah uh in a a random group they ask like who spoke more men will think that it was equal when women spoke 10 percent and if it actually is moderated and they speak 50 50 the men will think that the women got 90 percent of the speaking time wow that is that is an That's actual one of your that, scientific there's studies. some science for you. <laughs> That's so, an actual fact. So back to the story. So back to the story. So I was so I said, yeah, so you know, just just be aware. Just be aware. And I stopped speaking and someone behind me, just so angry, I swear the guy looked like he wanted to punch me. Older gentleman. Older gentleman. He goes, I'm not a dude. I go, What? And he's like, I am not and have never been a dude. So I, I like I still cannot make sense of this. I think he's. I thought he was trying to tell me that he was like trans. That's what I think. Identify, <laughs> you know, like right, like he didn't identify as a man. I'm like, but then why would he be like self-identifying under that name? Like why? He was like, okay, then what do you identify as? He goes, I'm a human being. And I don't all, see color. I don't see color. And all <laughs> that. The room turned on me like that. All of a sudden, it was so much more hostile. Other people jump in, yeah, yeah. And one lady was like, "We need to be talking less because we're white people." And blah blah blah. And like, I don't, I don't disagree with. And she wasn't wrong. It's just like the room turned, and all of a sudden, everyone hated me, and everyone was pissed off. And it was because, and I was so. (laughs) By the way, let's. I'm gonna cut you off. Let's remember that dudes was the first word Nicole said. So that guy was angry <laughs> from the very first word he that heard she said. Nothing. None of the and point I made like did not get. And once you start thinking about teacher, just wah 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 after that. Yeah, yeah. Once once you start thinking about how you're going to respond to somebody, yeah. you stop listening to what they're saying. Absolutely. He's probably been composing that human being line the entire time. Like that was probably. <laughs> And I was just, and I, I actually went over to Marty because I was just, I was so angry. I was shaking. What did I not? And like, I was like, I can't deal. And you gave me a hug. You're like, it's okay. Don't kill anybody. But I, I, I like, tried. The, the, that, that whole period I was trying because I generally have a pretty loud voice. Mm-hmm. And I can usually like command a room and I can like throw that to other people I tried. And I saw you do it. Like you were doing it. You were like, hey, I think she was trying to say something or she's had her hand up for a while or like she was starting to say something. What was that? Can you repeat that? He was doing that. That's what I was asking. Which is what a moderator is supposed to do, to be honest. It's what I was asking. That level of awareness is what I was asking for from the crowd. But what I couldn't stop thinking of, like this guy, this human being, why the f*** are you here? You're here at this feminism panel, but you don't want to hear any of this. Like, because I called you, because I used the word dude, like, do I not call everybody dude? Do I not use that as a pretty gender neutral? I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, the fact that he was so on guard, you know, like, he's I mean, great to be an ally the, until the second it inconveniences him and the second he hears something he doesn't like and the second, like, he hears an implication from a stranger that he took personally that he is part of the problem and then he just blew up. So don't come into feminist spaces saying you're an ally and demand that they change and accommodate you in every possible way. Like, Which, by the way, is something I'm going to need you to, like, monitor me on because Nicole and I have been asked to speak about this at a couple of conferences, like women in digital conferences, yep. where I will be the only man they have ever had on stage. <laughs> Literally, they told that they told him that. Yeah, I'm 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 very nervous about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
fine. Yeah. We're going to do most of the talking. I hope you out, bro. You're going to do all the talking. <laughs> I'm going to sit there and look pretty. Yeah, like, you can be, you can ban a white. Like, like, like the good beta cuck that I am. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, right. oh man. Last what? week, we got drunk and read some of the Daily Mail comments and, uh, out loud. Oh, that one showed up yeah. more than a few um, times. I do want to say, I think there are like two stories here. The story we told, and then there's the story of what happened after we told it, which I think is vastly yeah. more interesting. Um, and the one thing that I definitely learned is that I don't ever want to hear anyone ever say that people or women who tell their stories are just looking to be victims or just looking for attention yeah. because this really isn't fun. It's, <laughs> it's fun to talk to you guys. Sure. But this whole experience, like having the internet go crazy on us, it hasn't been very fun. It's been mostly stressful. And it's not like there's the internet no, wrote me a check. You guys, it's not like <laughs> there's, there's no know? advantage to this. Right. We didn't get anything from this. Yeah. I mean, so, we got to share our stories and that was important, but the people like, claiming that we made this shit up like for devious like reasons I, I can't imagine what those Why? would be yeah. it's so strange well you know chris and i part of the reason that i wanted to be here today chris and i have a company together where we do tech conferences nice um for people and so you know we work really hard to make it a safe space you know where people can focus on networking and learning without feeling stressed about a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today Welcome and, down. We'll, we'll come. <laughs> I want to go to Austin again. We'll definitely come down. If you're into CSS, we're going to be in New Orleans this October. So see you there if you're into it. Um, but uh, one of the things that we do is, you know, that right now there's this, you know, this is kind of a re tangentially related, but there's this huge argument within the conference community and within the tech community about whether we can have codes of conduct or not. Hmm. Uh, because are they legally binding? We can't enforce them. No, we can you know. And so there's all these different opinions about them, some very legalistic. And you just define what code of conduct is. For oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, Chris is making me be smart and define a code of conduct for you. So um, basically, oh, I hate that word, but I did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a code of conduct is a written document. It can be on the website of the conference. Um, we have one that's um, part of the website that says if you buy a ticket to this event, then we kind of expect a certain type of behavior. Okay. And it's more to the point of like, you have this huge spectrum of behavior, but please alleviate behaviors that are going to make people feel uncomfortable, sexually harassed, stalked, mm -hmm. you know, uh, things of that nature. And so, you know, none of our speakers uh, have any kind of like allusions, you know, to like sexual jokes or gender jokes or yeah. anything racist or anything like that, obviously. And then um, we uh, remind all of our attendees through our code of conduct that, you know what, we all have a much better time if uh, everyone uh, treats each other like a human being and um, doesn't try to hit on each other and, you yeah. know, and that sort of deal. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's been uh, probably, as you know, uh, from having been in the news and having been invited to be on the news a lot, uh, that this is an issue in tech cultures, like we've said, but mm -hmm. just in general, a lot of conferences, there's something about a conference that makes people 
get kind of vacationy and push yeah. boundaries. A it's, it's it's a weird like like yellow light area. Like <laughs> no, no, I don't no. think it is, bro. It's no. At, I mean, if you want a whole another podcast, ask me about getting hit on at networking conferences and how not <laughs> okay that is. You know, yeah. you hit me every time. If, if, yeah. You know what it is, and, and I'm I'm being one of those guys. I'm I'm defending my own personal behavior right now. <laughs> I've never I've like we've gone to like work events together. I've never like get on anybody at the conference or anything like that but we have here in philadelphia we have a thing called bar camp which That's what I was is, is the conversation we were just talking about and it's like it's a big networking event and people give uh, speeches and we're, pro- we're probably gonna do one of this yeah, too yeah. but it's it's a little bit more laid back uh because it's kind of like uh it's, group it's, it's improvisational but it uh it focuses a lot on tech people but not exclusively we all work from home in your sweatpants so a lot of freelancers a lot of entrepreneurs <laughs> After the event, there's a massive open bar. Yeah, after the event, there's a massive open bar. That's the bar in bar camp. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and that's, that's I think, where it becomes, like, a, a social area. Like, once, once you have yeah. alcohol involved, then you have this weird, like... Like a regular bar. Right. As right. But, right. but, but, but we're all there for this, and it's, like, you, you almost think that that makes it okay, like... I've I've definitely definitely like hit on women at that at that event before, okay. which is but probably the, not the, something I should have done. The open like, bar thing afterwards. Now I can see what you're talking about. That's that's what I mean when I say there's a yellow light. But like when we're when we're uh, at the event itself, uh-huh. yeah, hard red light. Hard red light. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we have bark handled that. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to you. Um, they have not a code of conduct, but I believe like a little bill of rights mm. for attendees. So instead of phrasing it, do not sexually harass people, um, they say you have the right not to be sexually harassed. You have the right to be comfortable. You have the right to be comfortable in your own chosen form of gender expression. You have the right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And something at the end, like to the effect of anyone infringing on these rights for another person can be asked to leave or or whatever you know so and by um, the way if you want we can connect you to the organizers of this event yeah like, if you want to talk about oh, yeah, they've worked hard to make that yeah. a safe space right. as well just from creating our own i've read dozens of versions mm. you know of this sort of thing because again as a business owner there's you know we have to think of it obviously we want everyone to be comfortable but then we also have to think of the legal standpoint and mm-hmm. i'll mansplain here a bit like this is my, <laughs> my, my, first, my first thought is like if united can make a paying passenger off a plane for like not following their their rules you can ask a man to leave for <laughs> harassing people Yes, yes, and you can ask the police to help you, and yeah. uh, you know, most of the time they're glad to accommodate. Well, it's, well <laughs> yeah, usually, well, it's a hotel security. Hopefully, we'll yeah, yeah, we we do hotel security first, but Chris is yeah, right yeah. about that. Yeah. But yeah, police are usually fine about that sort of thing. Well, and, but, and also, I hate, I hate to interrupt. Go ahead. I was just like, please do because it's United. I know that story pretty well because we were looking into it. But like, he actually followed the rules exactly because he was right. already on the plane, and there's no. Once he's on the plane, he's on the plane. Like he bought tickets on the plane, mm-hmm. and so they actually, you know, they they settled out. They settled out of court already for a lot of money. So yeah. uh, undisclosed, they, they did the wrong thing, which which has a lot of zeros in the word undisclosed. <laughs> <laughs> that might be not yeah. the best comparison, but I totally yeah. know what you mean. Yeah, sorry, but no, I mean, no, you're okay. pointing out that it's a bad comparison. One of the things we do 
when we get to our destination is we usually have, uh, because we do different destinations on purpose so that people can go to a different city every year, even if they come to our same conference. And um, so we'll have a group of eight to 12 volunteers and they're usually students, not always, maybe people that, you know, are just getting started in their career or, you know, for whatever reason um, they're volunteering with us. And uh, we do kind of a sensitivity training. You know, we have a lot of things to cover, but, um, you know, we'll talk about at the beginning about, you know, whether they know that maybe tech conferences uh, have had an, uh, a reputation for having a problem with this. And maybe in a group of eight to 12 people, I'll see one to three hands go up usually women. <laughs> and um, so the, uh, you know, because we have a lot of ground to cover in a short amount of time because I have to orientate them to the space and we have to take care of, you know, physical like goodie bags and all different kinds of things in like a three hour <laughs> meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, we feed them, you know, <laughs> it's a long meeting, but um, one of the ways to cut to the quick and it kind of comes full circle for what you're uh Uh, what we started with is I tell a story and I tell a story of when I was harassed at a conference Mm -hmm. and um, it's a very uncomfortable story. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of let people sit with, you know, what it it usually like upsets me. Like I'm welling up a little bit, even just thinking about it, but it usually upsets me a little to think about it. Yeah. And I'm kind of wanting everybody in the room to kind of sit and, sit with that discomfort for a couple of minutes. Mm. You know, like I'm not going to stop because you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's clearly very effective because the tone of this conversation just shifted entirely. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's you'll, you'll, you'll listen to this audio recording later on and you'll just like. Yeah. Right. And so it gets, you know, there's something about, I mean, we talked about data driven versus story earlier and you were feeling bad about not collecting data. But I'm here to tell you, for people that are willing and ready to listen and be vulnerable and genuinely hear you, hmm. the story is the thing that's going to resonate. help them understand and resonate yeah. with them a lot more sometimes than data. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I first read about you, this, yeah. the first I read about your story was through the People Magazine article, which is just like, <laughs> I'm reading this article about like sexism in our industry and People Magazine, like, okay, this is... One, it's crazy. Like, but two, it's also sad. But uh, hang on, hang on. Was was it was it print? Did we make no, it into the print? Uh, I know we were on the online, online edition. They're online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I would say, like, the most when I talk to women about this story, I like, was like, "Hey, I'm like, do you hear that story about the email?" And like, one was like, "Yeah, it's happened forever." <laughs> you know, just like that <laughs> was like, like, why does it take this story? You know, like uh-huh. for it to get there, that was like that's been my most yeah. confession time. I'll be real honest with you. When it first started blowing up, and like news people were starting to do articles about it. I was like, okay, I'm thrilled that you're like telling the story and fighting the good fight, but Jesus, what? How is this news? Like as the guy that told this story, I don't know why this story is news. Like what? Well, <laughs> literally, well, I, yeah. Well, what? I just the email, the whole swapping the email is such a simple and, and novel uh way of just illustrating right it. and I, so i went through all the motions thinking of it as like a business owner and so i was like well if it's a business where they're handling people on a personal level they want to like not do gender neutral signature they want it to be like a person this is a person and you're getting 
one-on-one -on -one customer service, yeah. you know? And so of course they want to use real names. They don't want to switch, you know? So I was like exactly. going yeah, yeah. through <laughs> other ways to fix the problem, you know, right. like. Yeah, and, it, it took, and also like the thing, I, I think people like will read the story and stop it, but I feel like if they are in a large you know, tech workforce or whatever, mm -hmm. like it's such an easy test to, uh, to, to do, just like, you know, find, you know, a woman or like a, or a woman find a man, just like, hey, just swap emails for a while and just see what happens if if you need it illustrated. So it's such a simple novel, uh, not I don't concept or idea or just something that, like, why mm -hmm. haven't we? There was a linguistic student from University of North Texas who contacted me yeah. about wanting to look at, and he, he was the one person who asked to see the emails that I didn't get mad at because yeah. yeah. he wanted to see if he could prove the tonal shift because yeah. he was studying linguistics. Yeah. So he was going for that linguistics PhD and he wanted to see like, can I assess that? And one of the things I think, obviously I didn't have anything for him, but one of the things we came up with was just like, you can compare the at replies of a woman on Twitter mm. with like the mm -hmm. male coworker also on Twitter. Oh yeah. Or just the way, like when we share the same story. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry. Like there's one story or like a conference or like, you know, we, you know, we, we do a conference where we, we have you know, friends in the industry and she was uh, speaking at another conference and she stepped off the podium and some guy asked her, so you coded all your examples? Like, yeah. Huh? Really? <laughs> just like, oh my god yeah i was like oh i couldn't believe it. i was just i'm not sure how long i shook my head it had been right uh, <laughs> but it was yeah. it was a while but yeah uh, well i want to make sure that we're covering all our bases so you started a podcast yes. it sounds and the name of the podcast again is not each other not each other and then you're making a few appearances <laughs> it sounds like coming up isn't that strange? Yeah. yeah. We are we're speaking at the Women in Digital Conference. Well, we're speaking at their smaller one here in Philadelphia on July 11th. Okay. Uh, and we're actually helping them organize that. Oh. Uh, I am, at least. Okay. <laughs> Check your email. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're also speaking at their national conference in October. Wow. Uh, in Columbus. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, this is the last podcast that we're recording for someone else. We were also on uh, the same. Uh, we were also on the podcast "Slings and Arrows," which is from the Women in Digital. Uh, and we just recorded an interview for uh, True TV's "You Can Do Better." Wow, oh, nice. That episode should air in the summer. Nice. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. internet famous. How is it? <laughs> Stressful. <laughs> uh, at least one person in the UK thinks that my glasses are dumb. <laughs> one of the very first, like before I had like stopped reading comments, like when the Daily Mail article came out, it was one of the first ones I read. And I looked out at the comments and it was like, and it said, well, how could you not believe everything she says? She's got those huge, trendy Buddy Holly frames, non prescription. I was like, excuse me. These are prescription. Yeah. And they're not like, okay, not when you're not in the light, yeah. they're just normal size on the face. They're regular. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Heard it from your podcast host. Um, <laughs> they might have more Buddy Holly. They have a little. They, yeah. they very clearly are. <laughs> just think of that. I don't know. It's, 
I mean, it's been like like six weeks now, which in internet time is an eternity. Yeah. So it's kind of died down, yeah. um, which is nice. Uh, I think now now I have to like think a lot more before I tweet. <laughs> uh, I have to like run myself through every single quality check as possible. And I've actually yeah. lost followers because I think they realize, oh, wait, this guy's kind of an idiot. Not everything he says is gold. <laughs> We're tired of him talking about the latest episode of Riverdale. So. <laughs> oh, isn't Riverdale great? I yeah. love Riverdale. Oh I, just, I, yeah. love it. I love Sex Archie. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wait a minute. These kids listen to way too many 80s songs. Wait a minute. That's like every teenager from every 80s movie that yeah. are now the parents. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. yeah so By the saying. way, you, you guys should listen to the podcast Sex Archie, uh, which is a recap. Uh, from the same people okay. who brought us History Honeys, a nice. uh, married couple that are wonderful. Nice. Uh, great. Yeah, yeah, for me, like, yeah, I got a lot. I have more Twitter followers than you now, which just it makes me really happy. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> have you checked how many are fake, though? Have you done, like, an, an audit? No. Mine are 75% real. I'm uh, going to keep – no, I don't care how many of them are fake. Yeah. I'm going to keep every single one of those fake internet points. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> How many of them are like porn cam bots? <laughs> They're mine. <laughs> I very much care how many are porn cam bots. I have like an entire separate list of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I'm wondering like who's going to come across it, you know? Like the old boss, he's got to have seen it at this point. Who cares? Or who, and no. who cares? The, the he's weird... not going to identify himself. Like if he does at that point, it's his fault. The, the weirdest one so far was I was listening to Congressman Keith Ellison's podcast. We the podcast, uh, and I was just listening to it at work. I was just—they were talking about how men and women experience the economy differently, and then all of a sudden, his guest on that podcast, I think, it was the president of of Naral. Uh, oh yeah, it was yeah. Elisa. Yeah, suddenly she starts talking about me. <laughs> hey, little Wayne um, oh, shared us. That was oh oh oh. Uh, what's his? Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Star Trek. Oh, George Takei. George Takei. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was like the pinnacle. So, that was that was it. <laughs> but now, now that now that the uh, now that the attention has died down and we're like able to parlay it into new projects, I appreciate it. During the project itself, during the like initial wave, I was stressed out incredibly. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, we did want to like emphasize, and I've been emphasizing it that nobody involved, including the old boss, works for that company anymore. Yeah. It's now like under new management. It's changed uh, owners twice, actually. Yeah. And we so, only say that because what we don't want to happen is people do the very small amount of internet sleuthing it would take to figure out where we worked and like say mean things to them or make their lives harder because they're, they're good people there now. Yeah, they don't deserve it. So cancel the mob. Is that what you're saying? Cancel yes, the mob. Yes. Cancel, cancel the mob. The mob. <laughs> um, yeah. And closer, what do you think is what do you think is the simplest change people can make to start evening this out and um, you know just making it more comfortable for everyone in the workplace? For men, I would say like listen and don't get defensive. Don't take it personally. Uh, don't do the hashtag not all men thing because don't be that person. When you, when you do that, what you're actually saying is. Not me. Well, I don't do that. Right. And like, it doesn't matter whether or not you do that. A, you probably do. Yeah. And B, 
even if you don't, you still benefit from a society that accepts it. Mm-hmm. So don't make it about you. Don't take it personally. Just take it, internalize it, ask yourself the Steve Urkel question, did I do that? And move on. Try to get better at it. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I like your earlier point where like, like the bumper sticker was uh, men should get uncomfortable. Uh, Comfortable being uncomfortable, is that the right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's a novelty for us. We don't have to do it very often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Nicole, do you have something to add about yeah. a change that you think people could make as a simple daily one or regular yeah, one? Yeah, I definitely agree with what Marty said. I'm always really hesitant to, you know, do the whole lean-in spiel and tell women that, like, oh, you got to wear skirts that are this long, and you got to talk and, like, cut out all the qualifiers and make eye contact and wear power colors. And that's, like, if that helps you, that's awesome and that's great, cool. But for me, that just seems like another flavor of, like, this is how this is still women's fault. And it kind of sells them on the dream that if you can ever just dress, act, talk, be perfect, that this won't be a problem. And that's not the case. You know, these are external factors that are making your life shit. and um there's only so much like <laughs> you know the Suze Orman stuff you can really do um to be honest with you so yeah so I'm hesitant to um give that kind of advice but I think that what's been so important is all these women have been like, oh my God, thank you. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was crazy. You're not nuts. <laughs> You're not imagining it this is real. <laughs> We're all experiencing the same damn thing. Um, I was in a position where I could speak out about it. Cause like, I'm a freelancer. Like I'm not on hireable. Like, who cares? <laughs> I'm not looking for a job. You know, I don't have, I'm not still working for the guy. I don't like, I'm not in a position where he can come after me, where he can make my life at work hell or anything like that. A lot of women don't have that position. Right. Um, so my advice is usually try to find an ally even if it's, you know, another girl in the office or a buddy of yours, like a Marty who's understanding, who's willing to listen, who isn't going to jump to defensiveness. Um, yeah, and just understand that uh, it's not always you. <laughs> it's not always your fault. Um, and to understand your own worth at work and your own value of what you bring to the company and stand behind that and not let uh, the mansplaining parade tell you any different. <laughs> Well, I have a little one that helps me. I mean, because I'm a parent mm. and I'm a white lady. So, you know, I don't know everyone's struggle mm. and I can't pretend that I do. Um, but a regular one for me is if you catch yourself tone policing, mm. if you catch yourself uh, uh, looking for ways to impugn someone's character. Mm. Mm. If you catch yourself getting hum- hung up on the superficial, and I think the dude example is no, a yeah. really good one, <laughs> okay. not listening anymore, listening anymore. So, like with my children, for example, you know, there's a little part of me that's like, you know, don't use that tone with me, and you know, <laughs> then I'm like, well, then if I start thinking that, then I'm not really listening to what they're saying, mm-hmm. you know. So, really listening to them is usually what de-escalates versus saying don't talk to me that way mm. you know? and so i think that that is true in just about all of our relationships and interactions if you get hung up on all of those superficial things you're not really listening to the person anymore yeah. yep yeah. nice in the tiny little corporation that is your house <laughs> <laughs> that's right 
yeah. Well, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Marty and Nicole, for, for being with us today. Yes. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having, us. for having us. This is fun.